Hello, and welcome to Wavens and Weirdos, a D&D podcast set in the world of Yellow. I am your Dungeon Master, Darby. Joining me as always are Eddie playing Tibble, Mitch playing Neris, Jake playing the Fishman, Joe playing Alton, Laura playing Rue and Janice, Emily playing Cerise, and Zoe playing Loren. Let's jump into it. last left off the crews of the polaris and the red phoenix resolved their combat with the sin seekers it was a tense stalemate with one member of the sin seekers plummeted deep down into the ocean and tibble the captain downed in combat his rib cage crushed by rot the chain brute ogre as the sin seekers teleported off leaving through some happenstance janice behind so because we've not yet resolved tibble's status we are staying in initiative sort of it's going to be loose because it conveniently lines up that tibble is right at the end of the initiative so everyone basically has an opportunity to do something that they would be able to do on a turn. I will remind you all that Alton did call for anyone in the crew with healing capabilities to rush up to the deck. So that will likely be here in a round or two. For now, is there any immediate action that people are taking? Cerise is going to come on down from the crow's nest where she's been hiding and having a grand old time watching everybody else get obliterated. I'm not sure how high up that is, so that probably takes all her movement to get down. I mean, yeah, Alison's going to rush over to Tibble. Your movement is enough to get you there. Uh, Alton, you notice immediately, as the sound suggested... Your probably worst fear in this scenario is confirmed in that Tibble's chest is absolutely rush. Yeah, he's going to drop to his knees beside him and then kind of just like assess and shit, shit, um, uh, magic, we need healing, yeah, magic. Yeah, roll me a medicine check. Of course, of course, I am here. And Rue will in tandem try to sort of inspect and Alton will see Rue's mask is still firmly in place, but there's a lot of that bright energy is peeking up from behind the seams of the mask as they first try to cast cure wounds, I guess. Um, roll d20 roll that's being made in any of this. Alton's medicine check would be a d20. Neris is going to use silvery barbs and is just going to try and pull any amount of luck from the surroundings and push it into Alton. Unfortunately, that means he's going to try and pull some of the delicate handholds of Cerise as she's climbing down the ladder and pump the luck into Alton. What does this do? Uh, You get advantage on your medicine check. Rue, how much healing, assuming it works, does your your wounds do while Alton is rolling that medicine check? Nine points. And then even if that doesn't work, they're already preparing to transfer the last of their lay on hands as well. More that magical energy and I will roll again. Alton? (laughs) Oh, Oh, sorry. I rolled a three, Darby. (laughs) So roll me a percentile. Alton, what was your... It was a nat 20, so that's a 26. So simultaneously for whatever is happening with Alton, a side effect happens. Uh, Rue, you regain 17 hit points. So as this flow of energy comes from Rue and reflects back at them, almost tripled, and Alton feels over the mess that is his captain, I guess he would see your captain who's usually so full of life and so full of movement his face is just so quiet but in spite of that you 
have seen horrors before, you've worked in dark places, you've known injuries like this before, and as you feel over trying to ignore the personal connection, you start to feel a slight flutter of movement. And when you lay your head down to listen to the chest to try and hear for breathing, you hear a sound and you know your captain is alive. Okay, he's still alive. Uh, Rue, we, we, we need that healing. We need magic. That's all that can fix this. It bounced back. I'm not sure why. I'll, I'll try again. Rue, you know some healing magic went into Tibble, but it also seemed to somehow, in this weird moment, bounce back and the energy seemed to amplify. Ooh. Ooh. As healing magic, but... I you- suppose... Rue, if you're sort of witnessing and you see Altman after you reel back from that shock of your own energy coming back at you, but in a positive way, you also, with your expertise and understanding, would know that your healing did work. Tibble should be conscious, but I think both of you looking at him, you think that at the moment, it's best that he isn't. Getting back to Alton's natural 20 on medicine. So you know physical medicine. You have a passing knowledge on magical medicine. Not the greatest knowledge, but still enough to know in moments like this when it's needed. You're aware that a wound of this severity probably wouldn't have been survivable without magical healing. But even with that magical intervention... The injury itself, the physical injury, was so severe that even with magical healing, it was always going to linger. The only things that are going to heal his ribcage, basically, are time or incredibly powerful magical healing. We're talking about, at the very least, a heal spell, which is probably beyond the capabilities of any magical healer you've met. I think he'll just quietly sit with his knowledge for a moment and just tend to ruin and say, um, I think magic can't heal every injury. This is very severe. Perhaps we can keep him alive, but this is a lot of damage. It doesn't look good, that's for certain. I am concerned. Do you think the magic is exacerbating it? He would be in more pain. If so... I don't know, well, keeping him alive is certainly causing the pain. I don't know what to do. I think you stay with him. I can find Norris. He's second in command. And we'd better... We do need to heal everyone. Can Fishman hear this conversation? Uh, I would say yes. He might call out if he can, and he'll say... There is one person, and one person alone, that should decide this. He'll then turn around to Janus, and he will put his hand on his shoulder and say, You were always a part of the Polaris, so you are free to roam. However, in this case, I believe you should stay here, unless you can help, and if so, tread lightly. And then he will leave and run downstairs wherever he believes that Kara will be and if he does see Kara he's going to in signs say go see him and quick Kara she freezes for a moment seeing the look on the fishman's face it's quite dead not sad just dead seeing that she bolts up to the deck. Fishman would probably be following and as I'm not sure how possible it would be, but he would suggest through body language to just say, let them don't stop them. Rue is like hunched over Tibble as Alton suggested. They've take their hat off. Like turn their long beaky head. Expressionless as always as Kara arrives on deck. 
I think Elton and Remy were walking across the deck on his way to Neris and he tried to make eye contact with Kara and look a little sullen, just be like, he's not looking good. As Kara gets to the deck, if no one stops her and no one shields her view, at first she freezes and it's like she can't really take in exactly what she's seeing. And what you hear is an awful sound of complete horror from what you can only recognise as vocal cords that have clearly gone through unimaginable trauma. And I think you would notice that making this sound is causing her pain and not emotional pain, physical pain. And I think in this moment, as you see her look upon her husband and cry out in horror, you realize that it's not only that Kara doesn't speak, it's that she physically can't. And she rushes forward and her face already is just sopping wet and she's inconsolable these heavy sobs are just racked from her and you see her put her paws either side of her husband's face and she's whispering it's in a language i don't think any of you would know but you hear her whispering over and over and she crouches there beside her husband holding his face what's everyone else doing how is janice faring in this moment janice is hearing all of this he's not particularly seeing he's very still he's still holding the glaive but with no intent he's almost still sort of shell-shocked at what's happening like he's registering things at a slower pace to everyone else currently Obviously, the lightning storm has died down, but the wind is still whipping around everywhere, I imagine, because of other circumstances. But yeah, he is aware, but unseeing. The second that the Sin Seekers left and their purpose was fulfilled, his wings are just touching the ground. Not drooping, but cowed, I suppose. Dennis, the estate. Yes. Should I have? Only you can make that decision for yourself. Do I deserve it? Do any of us? He does look at Nara's. You're very right, friend. And he just shares a look with him. With the background of this heart-rending <laughs> wailing from Kara's anguish, I suppose. But he does look eyes with nerves. Let's paint a little picture here. In the foreground, we have a very tragic scene happening of Kara painfully, emotionally and physically sobbing over her near-dead husband who needs desperate attention from like an incredibly high-level healer surrounded by healers who are trying their best at the front. In the mid-ground, we have Janice and Neris doing all that and having this moment of Janice returning to the ship that he felt abandoned him. Somewhere in between those two, we have Cerise, full health, vibin'. And way in the back, under the closed portal where a sin seeker met his fate, covered in blood, both hers and not, Loren is crouched on the ground, desperately, desperately trying as quietly as she can to regain control of her own body. As these spines along her back and arms warp and almost try to grow into wings and then retract and her teeth grow and shrink and her nails claw and dig holes into the wood of the ship and she is trying so hard to be silent so that no one looks at her and sees what she is whilst this is happening cerise sees Kara and sees and hears the reaction and she's 
rooted in place for a moment, just staring. And then she snaps out of it and goes to Loren. And as she walks over to Loren, she takes her coat off and gently drapes it over Loren's shoulders and stands in front of her to shield her from anybody's view and just crouches down and just says, take your time. The hundred voices in harmony, quiet as a lullaby. I'm failing. No, you're not. Command her back. She listens to you. It's time for that side to go back to sleep. And with more effort, enough effort that I am willing to take a point of exhaustion, the spines recede, and the claws become nails, and Loren collapses to her hands and knees, and she looks up at Cerise, and her eyes are blue, and she is crying. She just nods, and she hides in that coat for as long as she is allowed to. Cerise just nods and does reach out and cups the side of Loren's face and wipes a couple of the tears away. More flow. And she just stays there, waiting, unsure for what. Cerise stays with her, silent. So, given what's going on, I don't think um, Cerise and Loren would be particularly paying attention to who else is coming up onto deck. But if you did, a tall, beautiful figure wafts her way onto the deck. The rest of you know her as the resident healer, Sia. And through the chaos, a serene look on her face. And as she walks over to where Tibble is laying, she stands next to you first, through. And when you look up to her, she kind of reaches a hand down and just gently strokes your face. And then she turns to Kara and she leans down and she whispers something gently it is okay, sweet one. Your husband dream. He will sleep. And he will heal. And she gently pries Kara off of Tibble. And Alton, as you're watching, you see her reach down with a hand and just press gently on his forehead. And you see Tibble's breathing relax slightly. It's still wheezing. His chest still looks the same, but you think he might be in less pain. Sia reaches into one of her sleeves and brings forth like a vial with this shimmering white liquid. And she gently holds back Kara's head and urges her to drink. Kara drinks gently and you see her and you think it might be a potion of calm emotions and like when Tibble's breathing slowed you hear Kara's breathing slow quietly and she no longer makes noise you know what's happening what can I do how can I assist we haven't had much chance to speak I'm Dr. Ruth Friday how can I help you made Tibble ease pain how can I do that too you have. And you will again. I don't understand, unfortunately. Many don't. My previous training that I remember on Acheron, when many birds fell like this. It's okay, little bird. The choice is not ours. It is his. Or now he dreams. The room makes a very low musical sound from behind their mask. They bow their heads slightly and looking to you, looking at Tibble. Alton, you have seen injuries like this? 
Yes, a few times. I will have a cot put in the captain quarters. You want to monitor him? Yes, of course. I can keep an eye on his healing after I've checked on everyone else. Little bird? Yes. Can you take young Miss Cara? Make her some tea. She needs rest. Oh, of course. Miss Cara, if you would like to come with myself and her, I have a lot of teas I've been wanting to show many of the people on the ship. And I think you will be the best taste tester for my favorite blend. Kara, she stands up and she turns to you and her face is kind of blank. It looks like she's still processing. But then she looks just past you and you see something pass over her face. And then she sprints past you. You would all see as this tiny fluffy cat person runs and leaps and just clutches to Janice and she's crying a gentle sobbing Janice you can feel her clutching to you so impossibly tight Janice is caught completely off guard and so he gets tackled by Kara if she's tackling him, she wouldn't see his face, but his face goes across a very rapid shift of watchful guardedness, genuine alarm and anger and anguish. And he carefully puts one arm around her. Kara, I am so sorry. She looks up at you and she's shaking her head. So I suppose Neris was standing there too, yeah? With Janice still. Neurosis. Um, for reference, as Kara did start sprinting up to the helm, Neris did steal himself and not raise his wand, but ready it just in case anything happens. Well, Neris, you would completely understand, and Janice, you would get bits and pieces. And maybe there's a little bit of relief after what you saw that she is signing this, but... You see her sign to Janice. It's nice to see the reflection of warmth on the waves again. And Janice, you would recognise that as your sign name that she gave you years ago. Janice does almost like it's he's not even aware of it. Tears do start to run down his face, but he just clasps that arm tightly around her. After a moment, she unwinds and she walks back to where Rue is and takes Rue's long spindly hand but she does look back at Janice with a wet and sad but genuine small smile. Janice nods at her and then his eyes slide to the side beyond her shoulder and beyond Rue's shoulder and then he just seems to almost by force make himself look back out towards where the sun is setting currently and then rude nods at kara's like please come with me we will take good care of you we will make sure everything is all right come along ham and he stops as he passes out i thank you very much for assisting ham ham is my only friend and my best friend so i am very very glad for you to have seen past our disagreements to look after him I mean he was the only person I could reach oh of course have a good day then and Rue continues to lead Kara very gently for someone who's seven feet tall and not of this earth perhaps and very gently leads her down to his quarters I guess at the moment I think Alton's probably like just healing people nearby a fishman arrived with Car and everyone, so he probably would have been, like quickly gone over Fishman's injuries. So that's um, sixteen points of healing to him. See, it would also be going around and healing anyone who needs to be healed now that she is on deck. But she is very floaty and doesn't really answer for any questions. <laughs> if people ask her for specific instructions past what she is given, so yeah, I don't know if he would flag down Nurse to come over, or but he go to Nurse. And... All right, so. Uh... Captain's doing badly. He should probably live. 
We're going to have to keep him under observation for a very long time. Are you doing well? I have not taken the time to check. I do not believe we have that time at the moment. Yes, no, things are rather dire right now. Sort of give you a heads up about his condition. Oh, and uh, Janice, good to see you again. Did you, uh, did you think that we were the more powerful of the two groups? Is that why you stayed? <laughs> no, as I know you're not. But there's work to be done. Stop by Seer if you need a bit of help. And he will um, return to Tibble or to anyone else who um, will go to him for assistance. Neris will, as Alden is leaving, just... You're doing good work. Yourself and Drew are taking charge. Well done. I will continue to... And Neris kind of stretches a little bit and notices that his stomach is actively bleeding. I will take inventory and manage the crew for the time being. Actually, um, do want to slap a bandage on that. I heard a bit of a yell from you before. Doing the good work now isn't much use when I let people get hurt in the first place. Neris is actually going to stop you. Neris is going to put out a hand. I am able to manage we are both needed elsewhere mm. we will reconvene later this can wait of course don't let that room get infected though remember oh, your mother's teachings gotta keep an eye on that <laughs> right and he'll go back to attending to Tibble Neris is gonna send a bunch of messages to various members of the crew and essentially just start directing traffic, ensuring that we have a couple of people uh, running supplies to whatever the three medics need. He's going to get probably the um, the new junior bosun. Yes, so he'll get uh, probably Tim and potentially Florette as well, who's the junior master at arms. Who would be looking especially just, like, shaken by everything that has happened, considering yes. her mentor is back. Exactly. So we need to give them a job to get their mind off everything that's happening. So Neris is going to get them to take inventory of everything that we have. The Sin Seekers came here for a reason. We want to see what that was. We're not sure if it is just Tibble. So we count everything. He's also sending a message to Opak, who is the uh, Neris's 2IC, and telling her her only job at the moment is to inspect every single member of the crew and see what's happening, see what how they're feeling, see what they're thinking, what they're talking about. And I want all of that information funneled back to Neris. And then Neris is going to turn back to Janice and is just going to wait and see what happens. I will say Cerise will flag a healer down for Loren and will make sure that they do not say a word whilst they heal her. Who do we think? Probably Saya, because she knows that Alton and Loren have history. Eddie, can I get you to roll me on his behalf? Just a, a medicine check. Sure. I'll give you the dice roll. You tell me the modifier. Yeah. <laughs> That's a 13 on the 13. dice. So, Thea notices that there is something strange in one of the wounds, in the claw wound from Zardoc. Almost imperceivable, but resembling tadpole eggs. She approaches as she's flagged over. Your face different? If you want to keep talking in that fluty little voice, you won't say fucking anything about my face. I was talking to the pretty one. We're just visiting. 
This one has been tainted. May I? Loren is too shocked to give a response, but she doesn't stop you. So she presses a hand down sort of forcefully to make sure you don't move. And she gets almost like a scalpel tool. You would see her scrape something dark from Loren's where it was. Was it like across her ribs, across her chest? The dagger mark was her right side. I imagine the claw mark was even like across her stomach. And she just didn't notice because the fabric would have covered it. Yeah, so she's kind of pressing just above where the wound would be. And with the other hand, Cerise, you would see her do this one-handed, is like scrape with a scalpel into this jar and then tuck the jar into her sleeve. And then this light, shining, magical energy fries out all of the other visible eggs and the wound magically cauterizes. And she leans in uncomfortably close to your face and she brings the jar back up and holds it in front of you. Tainted. Well, thank goodness you're competent then. I am many things, as are you. And she cups your cheek very gently. Loren slaps her hand away. I don't get touched without me permission. Was there more? No, that's fine. Thank you. She takes a step back, pockets this little jar again, and moves on. Loren looks to Cerise. She is still covered in blood. You know, we could have just waited until we got back to Stabbins. They would have done just as good a job, and I wouldn't have had to deal with that. I think whatever it was that was just scraped out of you was probably better off being taken out now rather than later. I'm tired, Captain. What are we doing? We had a plan. I fucked it up. Not at all. I don't mean her. I mean, she tilts her head towards Janice. Things happen. Sometimes... For better or worse. <sighs> Cannot control everything. <laughs> well, I know that. I'm sorry. Feeling pretty useless at the moment. I've gotten blood on your coat. You think that's the first blood that's gotten on that coat? Well, I know it's not, Captain, but it's never been mine. There was that one bar fight. Well, that was when we met. That was different. You were nosebled all down everything. Captain, it was hot out. And I did get hit in the face with that bottle, so, you know, frankly, it's amazing I didn't lose a tooth. I do think we've outstayed our welcome. We outstayed our welcome as soon as we got here. I want to see if I can speak to him again. Not to... I don't think he's leaving them. <sighs> I don't know. Like it's not likely he'll stay either. Probably best he heads home to his wife. Do you think we'll hear? No. They have no reason to tell us anything about Clover. We'll find out. Aye. We always find out. It's very Feck. Have you seen my headband? I did. Feck. Feck it. And she like pulls her hair over her ears. Cerise goes to find the headband. When. Cerise finds it, she just ties it back up, and it just looks very- she looks very pathetic, she looks very sad. You remember the last time she looked like this, and it has been ten long years since then. I'll be waiting for you. And Cerise just sort of wanders off to some edge of the ship and sits on the railing. She kind of steals herself, and she kind of just sits there watching Janice and Neris for a bit lost in their own world as they have this period of knowing what needs to be done and not knowing how to interact with one another anymore. And she waits to see if Neris is going to leave. And she waits, and he doesn't. And eventually she kind of sighs. She looks heavenward. 
And she looks at her mother's wedding ring that she has put on her finger. And she gets up and she goes over to Janice and Neris. And just completely cutting the tension, she just collapses Janice on the shoulder. Good to see you, laddie. Hello again. Hello again. I see you've made a professional decision here. Or have you? You should know me. I uh, exist on Spur of the Moment entirely. How beautiful it is to reach for the sun at the verge of the horizon. And here I am for now. But he looks between Nerez and Loran. He's like, did you speak? I may be tracked is the only problem. And if they do get me back, they will kill me. Or worse, they need me for something after all, so... I, one of the seven? At the moment, one of the six. I spoke to Neris. He knows what needs to be done. Out of curiosity, did they tell you which one you were? A lot of emotions go across his face. Discomfort and anger, again, this very careful flicker of schooled blankness. And then his mouth curls up and then his eyes match it. You can't tell whether it's genuine or not. And he goes, you fought me, you should know. I've always been full of wrath. <laughs> Just thought it might do you some good to say it. They say it helps in the healing process. Healing. And there's some similarity in both Loren and Janice being very big personalities who have had some of the wind knocked out of their sails. We'll see, I suppose. Much has occurred here. These have not been good tidings or a good return. No, but it is still a return. No, he just looks at Daryl's. We shall see, I suppose. Much has occurred. And he sort of like half turns and then claps his hand on the same shoulder that he bit over two weeks ago. As she jostles, he would see his own tooth hanging from her hair. <laughs> what? I thank you. No one came for me, but I am here regardless. So I appreciate your attempt and we shall see what the new horizon brings. But I thank you, Stormbringer. She looks at Neris. She looks back at Janice. They may not have come for you, but some of them tried. I do hope you heal, Stormbreaker. You're the only one on this ship worth my time in a fight. I'll see you later, sunset on the water. I'll find you where the sky meets the sea. But if you ever need to find me specifically, and a little business card appears. <laughs> and she tucks it into Janice's breastplate. And then she looks at Neris. Neris! Thanks for the save back there. I owe you one. Take better care of your plants. I don't want to owe me one, please. Can we just say we're even and we don't have to interact again? Nah. I think I'll be back. See you later, Solilanti, Stormbreaker. And give our regards to your captain. I've said some bad things about him the past 24 hours, but he is a good man. And she looks at Neris again. He is a friend. She looks at Janice. And he'll need good people to look after him. Of course. He has them. I'll catch you later. Sky meets the sea. You're a better woman than... Woman? You're I'm a better working on it. <laughs> oh, okay. You're a better person than... Gooder than you think. Oh no, I've mixed it up now. You're good too, Janice. It'll do you well to remember that. Especially right now. He doesn't say anything. She salutes and she goes to find Cerise. Cerise had wandered off to sit on one of the railings. Perhaps waiting for someone to come find her. Perhaps they do come. <laughs> As Fishman approaches. He will say, Captain Thunderbolt, unscathed and by the looks of it, quite competent in this past combat. It's impressive. One doesn't get far in 
my business without being at least somewhat competent. I need to ask you something. You mentioned you were after something. Have you found it? I'm not sure yet. Perhaps I'm misinterpreting, but I did overhear Loren. Was it Janus? You're quite clever. And then maybe he had some kind of happy demeanor, but now it's not. Did you know? No. If you show up here, now, just before this happens, and the very thing you look for is someone who teleported aboard our vessel, did you know? No. An accident. That is quite the coincidence. I believe, and I am sorry for suspecting, but I believe one of the best places for Janus is either aboard this vessel or home with their family. After everything that's happened today, I'm inclined to agree with you. Glad we see eye to eye. The question was burning, and I just needed to double check. I feel like an apology is due yet again. I have often said that you have this facade, but it seems that it is not a facade. I see that you are you, and what you do is actually what you do. I apologize. I accept your apology. So what is your plan, Captain Thunderbolt? You do not wish to stay? No, I cannot stay. We have other things on the horizon for us. Should we expect another boarding party? Never say never. Things do get boring every now and then, you know. As long as you are ready for it to end up the same as last. By all means. I look forward to it. And um, Fishman will probably kind of just sit down because there's really not much he can do other than maybe help Neris out. I don't think his role is absolutely necessary currently, so yeah, he might just chill out with Cerise. Not until you get picked up, per se, or teleport with your fancy thunder, lightning, whatever that was. Mind keeping me company? A fair bit has happened. Of course not. I am sorry about your captain. It is incredibly unfortunate. They are a great man. And whilst they will recover, this ship may not be the same. Things never are after this. The best we can hope for is that this doesn't happen again. Thank you for your help. You did not have to, but you did. You're welcome. I suppose they just sit there in companionable silence until Cerise and Loren get picked up. Or anyone dares approach. Or that. (laughs) So Neris is going to send off all of his messages, followed immediately by shooting daggers at Loren for an entire conversation and then there is a tiny little bit of emotion that isn't just like muted anger it's more of like confusion and annoyance when Loren casts a particular spell and summons a business card and Neris looks at this not only for the sheer bullshit that that motion entails But also just, like, he can't do that spell and that hurts him. That's just annoying. It's such a stupid spell. And it it wouldn't help in any situation. God, he wants it. And he tries very hard to not let that play across his face. But it does linger for a little bit too long. And Neris will remain quiet for a period of time. I was going to say Janice is going to insight shake Neris, but I suppose unless he does terribly, he he will see those expressions just happen. So he's just kind of, like, watching Neris after, like, Lorenz left and that tension has kind of settled back in again. He readjusts his grip on his weapon a little bit and then redoes it and redoes it and then just lets his glaives clash to the floor and then folds his arms but not, like, in a very standoffish way and then turns to look at Neris. So. So. I... I did not expect today to happen. I didn't expect today to happen, if you can believe it. I have something of yours. Technically, it's still yours, but I requisitioned it when you left. Um, I believe it would be better if it was returned to you, if you would not mind 
joining me quickly. No one else is up in this back area, so people know that Janice and Neris are up there. No one can see them at the moment. Neris is going to look at Janice. Would you mind accompanying me? Of course. There's a bit of that sliding of that guarding of look over his eyes, but he just nods. Lead the way, quartermaster. I don't have to. And Neris is going to reach out slowly and deliberately and is going to attempt to place a hand on Janice's shoulder. He actively flinches, but then either by will or automatically relaxes. He does not look like he would resist. Neris will pause his hand. Not retract it, but pause it. Sorry, habit. Understandable. Concerning and something we should discuss later. We'll see. Hmm. Yes, we shall. I wish to have a private conversation. I feel it would be better for both of us if it was completely private. Yes. And Neris will reach out, touch Janice's shoulder, and if Janice is willing, the two of us will disappear and reappear in Neris's chambers. When you reappear, he is again flinching, and then he opens his eyes with sort of a naive kind of shock that again goes back into that amicably guarded kind of expression. Ah, teleportation. Did you always have this? There's been lots that has changed in the last two weeks. I, um, and Neris will go over to his desk and just start rifling through drawers. So... After you were taken, um, I took it upon myself to try and find out if there were any clues left in your possessions. I would very much like to say, and Neris is still rifling through the stuff on his desk, almost as if he doesn't know where every single piece of information is stored on his desk at all times. He's sort of being not aloof more amicable, but is choosing his words very carefully. I do want to stress that while I'm sure you're aware I am skilled with learning new information, I do tend to keep a lot of it to myself, unless it becomes important to reveal. So while our Captain Clover was present during the investigation, a lot of the information is mine and mine alone, and will toss Janice's diary back to him. Janice almost drops it, but catches it and just clutches that close to his chest almost instinctively. I'm sure you gleaned a lot of information then, at least in matters of my affairs of the past. What did you think of the things you found? I was only interested in that which would lead me to you. Truly? Everybody has secrets. Sometimes they become relevant, and sometimes they can remain secrets. And if they are of no danger to those around you, there's no harm in them. Janice looks like he's searching Neris's eyes for something. And then either he seems to find something or he comes to a conclusion, and his mouth spreads into a genuine sharp tooth grin. I appreciate it, Quartermaster. Neris. He then slides his gaze down a bit. May I? He stretches out one hand, and you can feel the warmth from that, even from however far you are across the room. Neris will tense more than he is normally, but will not resist. There's like his stomach that's being stabbed out. Where is he bleeding from? I'm assuming it's just below the lower rib on the right-hand side. It's not in a good spot. If Neris ever did a crunch, it'd hurt. That's normal anyway, but yeah. <laughs> I'm sure Alton can look over your wounds, but here. And he reaches his hand out, and he's going to cast the innate cure wounds that he has. That's an 18, I rolled two eights. You can see the light from Janice's eyes dim slightly as that warmth flows through his hand and out through into you. And then he lets that linger there for a moment. And then he nods at it, and I have missed everyone here, and I do appreciate your work. Everyone has missed you too. It remains to be seen if I'm worth regaining their trust. It has been a long time after all. There's a lot to relearn. That is... Well, you have time. And you can do with that as you wish. We all have time. 
and he will lean in and press his forehead briefly against Nerez's, and then he will leave. As Janice leaves the room, on saying we all have time, there is this troubled look that is mostly hidden until Janice turns his back, and then Nerys's brow just furrows as he remembers himself in a desert of sand, that whirlpool slowly turning, draining all of that sand, and his own self, his older self, telling him that he failed, and he's running out of time. As Nerys thinks on this, his hand unclenches from the tension and a thin, probably not quite rotting, but dying loop of vines falls out from his hand onto the ground. So, before we leave for the night, Cerise and Loren, your hint with the Polaris has come to an end. This period of tormenting them and fighting alongside them. It's been a hell of a visit. I'm sure we'll meet again. Fishman looks like he's starting to take a warm into you as mm. we like walk away. <laughs> Cerise does sort of look back, blow a kiss, and wink at Fishman, and then turns around and keeps going as they board their ship. Yeah. And Loren might look back and see like, Janice standing away from most of the crew on the deck, and then she might look and a bolt of lightning sort of flashes just across the prow of the, the Red Phoenix's ship as she boards. And as she looks back at Janice, she holds up a hand in a wave and turns it slightly. He would feel the wind curve around him in that same direction. An acknowledgement and a connection. And in her captain's coat, she walks aboard her ship. There's the two ships part in two different directions. That's where we're going to leave it for this week. Let bye us know bye. what you think. Will Tibble make it through? I hope so. We'll see. Tweet us. <laughs> yes or no, Tibble? Please Bye. <laughs> I want to die. Hey, I love playing D&D with you guys. Did you know that? <laughs> <You> evaporate. <laughs> oh, oh, why are you all so good at D&D? Fuck this. <laughs>